for teaching chemistry. Not much is known about Yor, but he was sort of a minor figure in the history of science, says Alex Bose, author of Elephants on Acid and Other Bizarre Experiments. One of Yor's main accomplishments was this single bizarre galvanic experiment, he says. Others, such as Aldini, conducted similar experiments, but scholars write that Yor was convinced that electricity could restore life back into the dead. While Aldini contented himself with the role of spasmodic puppeteer, Yours' ambitions were well-nigh Frankensteinian, wrote Ulf Hui in Studies of Romanticism. Your charged the battery with dilute nitric and sulfuric acids five minutes before the police delivered the body to the University of Glasgow's anatomical theater. Incisions were made at the neck, hip, and heels, exposing different nerves that were jolted with the metallic rods. When Your sent charges through Clydesdale's diaphragm, he saw his chest heave and fall. He wrote that the success of it was truly wonderful. Ewer's descriptions of the experiment are vivid. He poetically noted how the convulsive movements resembled a violent shuddering from cold and how the fingers moved nimbly like those of a violin performer. Other passages, like this one about stimulating muscles in Clydesdale's forehead and brow, are more macabre. Every muscle in his countenance was simultaneously thrown into fearful action. Rage, horror, despair, anguish, and ghastly smiles united their hideous expression in the murderer's face, surpassing far the wildest representations of a Fuseli or a Kean, wrote Ewer, comparing the result to the visage of tragic actor Edmund Kean and the fantastical works of romantic painter Henry Fuseli. He continued, At this period several of the spectators were forced to leave the apartment from terror or sickness, and one gentleman fainted. The whole experiment lasted about an hour. Both Jeffrey and Ewer were quite deliberately intent on the restoration of life, wrote F.L.M. Pattinson in the Scottish Medical Journal. But the reasons for the lack of success were thought to have little to do with the method. Ewer concluded that if death was not caused by bodily injury, there was a probability that life could have been restored. But if the experiment succeeded, it wouldn't have been celebrated, since he would be reviving a murderer, he wrote. Mary Shelley was aware of the types of scientific experiments researchers were toying with at the time. Science was something that the public paid attention to, says Burba. There was a lot of crossover, so there were poets who knew a lot about science and scientists who wrote poetry. Two years before Ewer conducted the experiment, Mary Shelley came up with the story of Frankenstein and published the novel in 1818, the same year as Ewer's experiment. By sheer coincidence, Victor Frankenstein also brought the monster to life on a dreary night in November. However, unlike Ewer, the scene of the creature's resurrection is brief and vague, with no mention of the word electricity. Shelley wrote that Frankenstein collected the instruments of life around me, that I might infuse a spark of being into the lifeless thing that lay at my feet. Some historians have hypothesized that Shelley was inspired by other medical procedures being studied at the time, including blood transfusion and organ transplants. It isn't until later, in her introduction of the 1831 edition of the book, that Shelley mentions galvanism. Perhaps a corpse would be reanimated. Galvanism had given token of such things. Perhaps the component parts of a creature might be manufactured, brought together, and endued with vital warmth. It's unclear whether Frankenstein further encouraged Yor or others to dapple in galvanic experimentation, or if Shelley was particularly struck by any one experiment. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and these galvanic experiments happened in tandem, Burba explains, pointing out that the language in the novel reflects that of scientists of that era. Both of these things were happening within a cultural milieu 
where there was great interest in electricity as well as the effects of electricity on bodies. Whether electricity might be the spark of being that animates life. No actual scientific knowledge or data came from Yor's experiment, yet he still enthusiastically lectured about his experience. He wrote up the results in a pamphlet, which was seen as publicity of the crudest kind, W. V. Farrar wrote in Notes and Records on the Royal Society of London. This rather gothic experiment, reported in such appropriate literary style, no doubt made Ewer's name better known. These animated and horrifying displays eventually went out of style, as sectors of the public began to view them as evil and satanic in nature. Electricity's first rudimentary experiments on the body did make way for resuscitation technology such as defibrillation, but the focus is now on saving lives, not reanimating a long-dead corpse. Traditionally, we overlook horrors in the name of science, says Bose. We have codes of what's acceptable behavior in normal everyday life. But people put on